Nation. Welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. This is the Marvel Avengers Review Series, and we are the Credible Nerds. My name is Justin, and as always, I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? And this is episode five of our Marvel Avengers Review Series, and we'll be covering Iron Man 2 today. Obviously, we've seen Iron Man 1 and Incredible Hulk was the one that came before that, so now we're going to move on to Iron Man 2. In the background of this film, it came out in 2010, and it was directed by John Favreau, who also had directed Iron Man 1. It came back for the, the sequel. And this is a Paramount film, as opposed to uh, Incredible Hulk was a, a Universal Studios film. The first Iron Man was also a Paramount film, as well as Captain of America, the first Avenger. So, so far, Paramount is doing the majority of the, the story in this series. And this is pre-Disney buyout, so Marvel Studios is uh, producing and directing and Paramount's distributing the film. Is John Favreau, is he still directing the Iron Mans? Or is, was it just these two? I think it was just these two, uh, if I remember correctly. There was some contract dispute or something where he was you know, set to do the third one, but they ended up passing. And they got a new guy for Iron Man 3. Hmm. Yeah, I think he did good. Cause I, I always remember, I thought it was weird, I should say, when I found out he was director. Because I always see him as, like, the guy in uh, uh, Rudy, right? Yeah. Like, Rudy's friend. Yeah. So when I found out it was him, I was like, what? No way. And <laughs> sure enough, it was. And I was like, oh, it's a great movie. You know, I was, wasn't expecting much. But, yeah. no, well, that's cool. Yeah, he does a great job with these movies. Not only directing, but, you know, in the supporting cast role is Happy. I think he does a good job there. So, yeah. Yeah, what a great... I think Happy's been a great character. Yeah. So, starring in this movie besides Favreau, we have obviously Robert Downey Jr. back as uh, Tony Stark slash Iron Man. We have Gwyneth Paltrow back as Pepper Potts. Uh, Don Cheadle actually makes his first appearance in, in these movies, taking over from Terrence Howard. Mm-hmm. as R- Rhodey. And, and why was that? Did, did you ever know? Did you ever find out? The only thing I ever read was it came down to money, the contract. They didn't want to pay him. They didn't want to pay Terrence that much, I guess. Because so I guess in the first Iron Man, he was the first actor cast, and then but he didn't get the largest amount of money. So I, that's what I read. I don't know, you know mm. if it's true or not, but that's what's on the internet so who knows right <laughs> and the internet is never wrong yeah, it's always right even when it <laughs> contradicts itself but yeah so that's that's what i know about it but it's unfortunate but don Cheadle does a, a good job um i think we talked about this in our iron man one we both preferred terrence howard but um Cheadle does a great job with Rhodey. and then mickey rourke makes his appearance as the villain in this film and um Scarlett Johansson also makes her first appearance in the Avenger movies as Black Widow. And we have Sam Rockwell, who's also a villain. He's a kind of an anti-Tony Stark. I guess they're, they're rivals, and they're always competing for the latest military contracts. And he wants to be, you know, the, the next Tony Stark, but he just can't cut it. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a good casting there. And then Samuel L. Jackson is, is in this as Nick Fury. And Gary Shandling makes an appearance as a senator who's grilling Tony Stark throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And he comes back later on in one of the Captain America movies. So he kind of plays a, a ongoing character there. So, yeah, so we got some new additions. Um, like we said, it's after The Incredible Hulk, or probably our best estimate happens about the same time as The Incredible Hulk, just in a different location. 
there aren't any infinity stones in this film, but there is a drawing of a tesseract that was of the tesseract that was shown in Howard Stark's journals that they kind of dig out of the the storage unit there. And it makes sense cuz Howard Stark was around the tesseract. He picked it up when it was lost in in the ocean. So he was exposed to it. He knew what it looked like and knew that, you know, kind of had some power energy to it. There's that, uh, but no actual appearance of an Infinity Stone. I think in these initial movies, the only Infinity Stone we get is the Tesseract in the first one with Captain America, the first Avenger. And some S.H.I.E.L.D. connections. We got Nick Fury in this. He plays a expanding role. Agent Coulson is back as well. We do see Howard Stark's suitcase that has a bunch of his things that S.H.I.E.L.D. has been hanging on to since his death. And there's a video from his father in there that uh, Tony Stark watches. And we also get to see how Tony Stark, or not Tony, but Howard Stark was helped by uh, a Russian scientist named Venko. And they worked on things together with S.H.I.E.L.D. as members of S.H.I.E.L.D. Some a little more S.H.I.E.L.D. connections in this film. Uh, we talked about the other Avengers already. A Black Widow, or a.k.a. Natasha Romanoff, is introduced for the first time. Uh, Colonel Rhodes is back. And then Agent Coulson. I don't know if he's technically uh, an Avenger, but he's featured heavily in the first Avenger movie. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a... I guess he's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, but works with Avengers. So Yeah. Oh, and then also I found something that... I remember reading when... A Spider-Man Homecoming was being produced, and I came across it again, that while they were filming and producing this latest Spider-Man movie, uh, the actor Tom Holland, he said that he his character, Peter Parker, appeared in the movie at the Stark Expo. And I don't know if you remember a scene where, towards the end, when the, the robots were kind of destroying and chasing Iron Man throughout the, the Stark Expo, and they come upon this little boy who's wearing an Iron Man helmet. And these drones kind of think that he's Iron Man. So he's going to shoot him, but then Iron Man intervenes and saves him. So the actor Tom Holland is saying that that little boy with the Iron Man helmet on that we never see his face, that's Peter Parker. Hmm. <laughs> so do you think that like that really they really planned that to to be peter parker or they just added in later yeah i think they retconned it that it's like after the fact type thing Mm -hmm. that's i mean because they couldn't have known then right that they were gonna get the rights to spider-man yeah that was what so this came out in 2010 so 17 years later they you know planned ahead that you know that far back yeah yeah that seems kind of weird it's like a jk rolling in Thing <laughs> yeah. or something i don't know yeah. and uh what i mean by that is that one day we'll talk about jk rowling and you will know <laughs> what i mean about the, you'll remember this right here so yeah we'll eventually do a harry potter movies podcast and mark will let us know <laughs> yes which i agree with most of what you're saying but anyway that's a different podcast like we said <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor there yep so Peter Parker is now in Iron Man 2, but if you saw it in the theaters, he wasn't, but now he is. But it doesn't bother me too much. It's like, okay, that's kind of cool, but... It's not pronounced Peter Parker. It's... <laughs> Peter Parquet. <laughs> Peter Parquet. <laughs> yes, yes. So anyway, um, so how does this film advance the overall story of the Avengers as we know it? Um... There's not a lot of direct things as far as the story. It just more 
introduction of characters, like we said, Black Widow, uh, Rhodey's back. Uh, we get a little bit of history with Howard Stark and how you know he was involved with Shield in the beginning, and just more character development with um, Tony Stark and his relationships that he starts to form with Natasha Romanoff, Rhodey, and even Coulson, as well as Nick Fury. That's that's the things that I noticed as far as advancing the story. Was there anything else that you thought of, Mark? Uh, yeah, you know, it, it didn't really advance the storyline a lot. Um, I I don't even really know what it did. I mean, for me, it it was so good I forgot all about it. I mean, <laughs> I I don't remember. I didn't remember a whole lot about it when I saw it a little bit ago. Um, and then I watched it and got thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't really remember much about it because it didn't really do anything. It was just there. It was in the series. Yeah. Uh, but if I had to pick two thing, couple things that came big out of it, it was the, uh, uh, it would have been the that uh, what did, he found the um, molecule or whatever it was. Yeah. Discovered a new molecule and that saved him. Yeah. Right. Because uh, you know the palladium or whatever it is that he had in him was killing him slowly and um so there was that and then two probably showed that the superheroes were vulnerable you know kind of like they weren't unstoppable you know because iron man kind of you know treated it like look i i privatized world peace thank me you know and you know that's by the way yeah, you know, and he and he says that, and you know, he's you know talking about like how great he is, you know, and he's on a high, like no one can stop me. And here's this guy is no superpowers, just smart like Tony, and comes out and and really does some stuff, you know. And I think you know, so that it really shows that these guys aren't invincible. And it's kind of a wake up call to them, and that just by being around, they're going to breed uh, opposition. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, this Iron Man, I think, is one of the more hated ones. I guess if you were to poll Marvel fans and ask, you know, which Iron Man is your worst, your least favorite film, this is what the one that I hear most from fans in reading on Facebook and blogs and all that sort of thing. But there is some good things in it, like you mentioned. I I really enjoyed Whiplash, you know, the, the son of Vanko that, I can't remember his first name, but the one that worked with Howard Stark. It was uh, Ivan, I think. Well, Ivan I... was the the son, um, the you know uh, Mickey Rourke's character. So I really liked his his character. His you know he was just out for revenge. He got screwed. His father got screwed with by the Starks, and he wanted to you know even the score. And he you know lived in Russia and didn't have a lot of tech like Stark does, a lot of um, money or anything like that. But he developed some weapons and a, his own suit that was just as powerful as, as Iron Man. That was pretty well, impressive. Well, he, he had like an outline, right? Yeah, the, he had the no same fun. plans. Because uh, his dad uh, helped Howard create the arc reactor, helped right. de- design the original plans before he uh, got caught selling secrets or something, right? Yeah, yep. So I thought that was a pretty good twist. And then he hooks up with um, Hammer. They kind of do their thing. They work together. The enemy of of my enemy is my friend type thing. So there's some good moments to this film. Overall, it's not my favorite Iron Man, but it's I, I don't hate it. I enjoyed watching it again. Character developments, as always, Tony Stark. I think he's the most dynamic and interesting character in the Avengers, at least in these first few films, in this first phase, I would say. Uh, you know, he's got you know the most issues that he has to deal with. 
and he's always trying to one-up himself, I guess you could say. And But yet he's got this dark side to him. So and in, in this case, he's, like you said earlier, he's literally dying from the palladium. And he's hiding it from Pepper. He doesn't want to tell her what's going on. He doesn't. He just wants to fix it himself. You know, he wants to do it. You know, it's his problem. He's going to figure it out. He's, he's super smart. And he's going to solve it. And then he'll tell, maybe he'll tell Pepper after that. But he just doesn't want to burden her with this revelation. Mm-hmm. So he, when he, can, he, he fails, basically. You know, he can't do it. He can't hide it. It comes out in the end. And she's, you know, really angry with him. But he's able to, like you said, figure out an, a new molecule or new elements, new metal that replaces the palladium. Uh, but he couldn't have done it without the help of his dad. And that's another aspect with Tony, another you know angle that he has. He, he doesn't like his dad. He feels like his dad ignored him, failed him. You know, usually the usual daddy issues that a lot of characters have in movies. But with this trunk that S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, brings to him that has this this information in it and it has this film that he's able to watch he kind of sees a new side to his dad and he starts to appreciate appreciate him a little bit more mm-hmm. so because his his dad actually created it right but uh you know in the movie he said in that little video he made he's like you know i don't we don't have the technology right now to do it but when you get this you will yeah and so but it makes you wonder what else it's for because i mean it's not like Howard was like, oh, one day my son is going to need a arc reactor in his chest and he will need something other than palladium, right, to, to keep him alive. So I wonder what his actual reasoning, reasoning for it was. Right. Like that always puzzled me. Yeah, what was the need at that time? Like, why was he creating the, the tech or the, the plans to, you know, make the suit or the, the reactor? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So it's always, always kind of strange. I've always wondered that, but... I mean, maybe no one cares. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Maybe we'll see it at some point. Yeah, so that's Tony's situation in this movie. And then he passes off the company, Stark Industries, to Pepper because he doesn't want to deal with the responsibility. He feels like he has enough on his plate. With I think he also thinks he's going to die. So he wants to set it up so you know Pepper's in, in control when he does pass on in case he does so that you know there's no fight for Stark Industries. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a smooth transition. She's in charge and she can handle it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was uh and it co- created a lot of controversy. I thought we'd actually see a little bit more of this like a power play, but maybe they just didn't want to focus on that, right? That uh his secretary became control of this multi-billion dollar company. Yeah. <laughs> kind of strange. Yeah. So that's kind of Pepper's struggle as well. And so some pretty cool battles that happen throughout the film. I like when Whiplash first shows up at the racetrack and he's wrecking havoc there and destroying some of the race cars that are going by him. And then he ends up confronting Tony Stark and he gets, I think he gets the best of him. If he wouldn't have been in a situation where people would have came in and protected Tony, I think Whiplash could have won. Oh yeah. Yeah. Easily. Cause he was doing damage, you know, I mean, uh, t- uh Tony barely got out of there. Even once he got, you know, Iron Man going, you know, Whiplash was ready for it. Yep, yep. So that, that scene was pretty cool. He had the, the portable Iron Man suit, you know, in the suitcase. So they, they were able to show us a new way to, to suit up Tony Stark in the Iron Man suit before he had, the, he had to be in his lab with the machines, basically putting the armor on him. But with this new way, it was just a suitcase that opened up and then it kind of 
the the suit kind of formed around him and helped speed up the process i guess you could say Mm -hmm. that was kind of cool to see too and with each movie the process of him donning the armor gets a lot quicker (laughs) and a lot easier so yeah and he can do it from like miles away in the later ones right he's like across the country yeah they find him (laughs) yeah so he he keeps developing his tech and we see it advance a little bit in this movie as well and then the final confrontation at the Stark Expo with Hammer and his drones and, and Whiplash with his uh, suit. That was pretty cool. You know, there's a lot of flying around with, you know, the drones were chasing Tony Stark and as well as uh, Iron Patriot, right? Is he War Machine or Iron Patriot? Uh, it starts out as War Machine and they okay. change it to Iron Patriot. So I think it's technically War Machine at this at this point. Okay. So him and but War Machine's also been uh, taken over by the same computer program that's controlling the drones. So War Machine's chasing Iron Man, and uh, Rhodey's inside the suit, be like, "Oh no, I don't want to do this, but <laughs> I can't stop it." <laughs> and then the drones are also chasing him. So that's pretty intense sequence of a lot of uh, cool scenes, action scenes. So uh, and then at the end, they kind of crash into this dome, with the Oracle Dome. And there's a, a fight there between, at that point, War Machine's able to overcome the, the programming and maintain control of his armor suit. So it's War Machine and Iron Man against all these drones, and they do a good job of taking them all out, but or taking some of them out, and then uh, Whiplash shows up in his suit that he's created from Hammer's drones and that technology. So another scene, another fight scene, and basically in this one, uh, Tony and... Rhodey are unloading on Whiplash, and they come up with a way to defeat defeat him and his machine, his uh, armor suit. But then in the end, they defeat him, and then uh, Whiplash has a self destruct button as well as a self destruct option on all the drones. Is that what you remember? Kind of blows yeah. them all up. Yeah, they start like uh, yeah, doing yeah, whatever they're doing. Um, like a kind of reminded me like of a predator type situation right like oh i'm beat but you're gonna die too yeah so there's quite a few drones throughout the the expo that had crashed or gotten shot down and they're all gonna blow up as well and tony realizes this so he races back and saves pepper Potts, who was there from getting blown up as well and they escape and go to a rooftop and they hug and kiss basically their story it's your own building yeah So it's yeah. implied that Whiplash it blows up at the end of this film. Yeah. No, I think he's really dead. I don't know. I've thought of, I thought about it. Like, well, maybe he didn't die and he's with uh, Blonsky, right? Yeah. But uh, no, I think I think he's dead. I don't know what the value would be of bringing him back or how you would bring him back. I mean, his storyline's played out, I guess you could say. He had his, his moments. And I'm kind of wondering what was his purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Other than be a, a villain, antagonist in this film, I don't really know what his story did to progress the overall Iron Man story, much less the Avengers storyline. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, this—the best part of this is how forgettable it was. I mean, it just didn't advance it enough to care about it. Like you could take it out, and it would be just fine. You wouldn't notice. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no storyline would be missed. Yeah, I think the only part that. I mean, the S.H.I.E.L.D. storyline is pretty much the, the meat of the story. Yeah, because they introduce, yeah, 
like uh, Coulson leaves and you don't know where he left and it has that cut scene at the end and lo and behold he's you see Thor's hammer yeah yeah and you introduce Romanoff Nick Fury gives him a little more info at the end of the the film we see him debrief Tony Stark and they're talking about the Avengers initiative and about bringing him in but then Nick Fury's like I don't know if I want to bring you in you're reckless this you know shield info it could have been included in any movie really it didn't have to be this movie or you know you could have just done it in a side story in a different movie I mean really there's not a lot there in this movie which is unfortunate because it had some good moments but overall you said forgettable uh so for me for me this was probably not a horrible film but i definitely think it's probably the weakest film in the entire group i didn't hate it but i didn't love it so i i give it like a sol- solid probably b minus c plus depending on my mood you know but right around there because it just wasn't it didn't i don't know it just didn't capture me as a good storyline but there was cool effects you know there was some cool scenes in there so i can't really destroy it you know when i rank it but yeah i I don't give it a big a big score yeah i think that's a good point it's a weak film not a bad film just you know not don't see the importance really outside of a few couple scenes so yeah i would agree b minus c plus i'm probably more on the c plus side but um it's entertaining uh, like you mentioned earlier, the, the after credit scene in this film was Agent, in the beginning, or no, in the middle of the film, Agent Coulson is talking with Stark and he tells him he has to leave to New Mexico. So he heads out and you don't see him anymore in this film. And he ends up driving to New Mexico to find a, there's a crater there. In the middle of the crater is Thor's hammer. And that is a direct... A link to Thor, the next film in our Avengers rewatch series. And we'll definitely be talking more about that. And then the Stan Lee moment in this film was at the Stark Expo scene in the very beginning of the film when Tony shows up. He's kind of walking the crowd, talking to people, and we see Stan Lee. And Tony's like, hey, Larry King, how's it going? And Stan Lee turns around, or no, he doesn't. He's, we look and we see it's Stan Lee. So, you know, again, Tony mistakes Stanley for someone else. First, it was Hugh Hefner in the first one, and this one is Larry King. <laughs> very brief cameo. He does. I don't think he says anything really. He just looks <laughs> bewildered, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think he just yeah just says something to him real quick, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's Iron Man two, number four in our episode rewatch of Marvel Avengers series. Any last minute thoughts on on this movie, Mark? Uh, you know, I think we kind of said it all, but here's a fun, uh, fun trivia question for people that are out there. What is the name of the element that Tony Stark created? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I don't remember, but I did hear it in the movie. Yes. <laughs> no, it's a good question. Um, because it's important later. So oh, it's a good question. Right? Yes. Vibranium. vibranium. Yep. So, well, yep. that's what they create Captain America's shield out of, right? Yeah, because there was only so much of it on Earth naturally. And so, yeah, so they called it vibranium, and it, and it creates – it amplifies power uh, almost equal to that of the Tesseract. Okay. So it's quite powerful by itself, which is interesting to know because, you know, these Tesseract and everything else we – supposed to be so powerful that uh, you know people can't control them and here they've made an element that is similar in power yeah so they actually created this back in 
Captain America's days when he was first around, right? Because that's what his shield's made out of. I can't remember if if they made it or they just found like the metal, like in uh, uh, the country. I don't remember what country it was. The country that the Black Panthers, the king of Wakanda. Yeah, that's where they found it. Okay. So I'm sure maybe they'll talk more about it um, because you kind of hear about it with uh, some other stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll talk more about it. I just I don't know all the ins and outs. I haven't done a whole lot of research, but I know that. Like Black Panther's claws and stuff are made out of vibranium, yeah. and I'm pretty sure his, his a lot of his suit is because I mean it. I mean someone shoots at him and the bullets bounce off him. He doesn't even like flinch like it hurt. Yeah, yeah. And Black Panther comes out in a couple weeks, so probably get some more answers that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is that scene in um, the Avengers. Is it Avengers or Captain America: Civil War? I think it's Civil War where they go to somewhere to retrieve the i don't think it's wakanda but it could be they go to retrieve some vibranium and they meet up with um the one character played by smeagol <laughs> yeah uh, it's age of ultron yeah is it age of ultron yeah age of ultron because uh they they go to collect it because they think that's where yeah it is um, age of ultron's ultron. going to right. make a suit or something yeah that's right so i think when we get to that movie we'll they'll explain a little bit more about it and we'll remember but yeah so vibranium and that's what uh, tony stark's new arc reactor is made out of uh the element it is so the element itself powers it it's not like it hasn't been used in a metal or anything so i think they call that an alloy (laughs) but uh but yeah they use the element itself in his new arc reactor and it just is supposed to create tons of power which Mm -hmm. is how they power i think in spider-man it shows it or whichever one i don't remember which one it was where he hooks his the Stark Tower up to it, and uh, it powers his entire tower. Hmm. I don't remember that part, but okay. Yeah, it's just a quick part, and I just remember he was. I don't remember which one it was. It might even be the third one where he's underwater and he's like connecting it, and he tells Pepper to to hit it, and they turn it on, and and that's what he uses. That he uses the new uh, new element to power his his entire tower. Oh, okay. All right. So we have that to look forward to. But yeah, so there's some key moments, key information in this film mm-hmm. um, that we comes into play later. But as overall, as a film, not a very strong film, like you said. So yeah, next episode we'll be talking about Thor, and I recently watched that, and the impression I got is that it takes place pretty much the same time as this one as well. So the Hulk, Iron Man two and Thor are all very close, if not happening at the same time. So uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us here on the Credible Nerds podcast in our Marvel Avengers review series. And definitely check us out on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even Pinterest. Uh, Just search for Credible Nerds and you'll find us. Follow us, contribute to the conversation. We're usually posting stuff. Definitely check out our podcasts on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, pretty much any podcast app you'll find us there or even on Spotify so uh, support us on Patreon uh, all our shows are on patreon.com slash the credible nerds you can join us there we have exclusive episodes exclusive bonus content that you can only find there so check us out there and support us we'd really appreciate it we want to thank you guys for joining us here on this podcast and we'll catch you next time see you guys Thank you.